Well, let's hope that this episode goes better than the last one that we just tried to record. Oh, let me tell you, that really, that really took the wind out of our sails, didn't it? It did. So, listeners, uh, something went wrong. We, Matt and I were recording our other podcast, Rip from the Headlines, and we were more than 50% of the way through, and suddenly something went wrong with my recording software, and we lost everything. So... Nothing, I, I can't think of anything that would possibly be more frustrating to a podcaster than losing your audio recording. I know. And I really feel like I was on today. Like, I felt I like agree. I was really funny. <laughs> I agree. I think we were both doing great. And then life decided to throw us a curveball. Yeah. So uh, if you're a listener of both podcast episodes, uh, A, you'll understand why. Rip from the headlines this week episode is a little different. And B, mm-hmm. you'll uh, you'll understand why uh, next week's is uh, a little different as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's get to the uh, here and now. Cool story. Let's focus on on cool story now. So, have you been watching anything this week? You know, not really. I had a, a really crazy week at work. Besides Monday, obviously we were off, but um, right. which was much needed. Yeah, I want every week to be a, a forty week. <sighs> Don't even get me started. Yeah, I agree. I uh, am still watching the House of the Dragon oh. and the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power TV show. Oh, okay. Um, Last time I talked to you, you had started watching House of the Dragon, but you I don't think you had started the Lord of the Rings one yet. I don't think so either. So there's three episodes for both out right now. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, like, I mean, they're fun and pretty regardless. So, like, they're fun to watch. House of the Dragon, I think, is, aside from the first episode where there was a scene that I highly recommend fast-forwarding through, Mm -hmm. it's good. Uh, Good acting, good characters, you know, pretty visually, etc. Lord of the Rings is also pretty. It... I feel like ever since, so there's a YouTube video that I I haven't sent you the link for and I won't because it spoils things for the Wheel of Time, but uh, Allie and Gus from Wheel Takes Pod, they they were on another person's YouTube channel and I'm the name is failing me at the moment, but both Allie and Gus work in entertainment, like Allie does production and stuff. Uh-huh. And so she talked a lot about sort of the television elements of like show creation and things like that and so i I kind of keep as i'm watching house of the dragon and lord of the rings show thinking about that interview that they did where she talks about how uh you know in the first wheel of time book it's like pretty clear to the reader early on that like the main narrator is probably the dragon reborn like you know hello Mm -hmm. um but in the tv show like you can't really do that in a tv show or people if you solve the mystery from the first episode people aren't really going to want to continue watching so they like intentionally had to build some of that question in for the viewers to keep them interested and i feel like with the lord of the rings show they have presented a like a, a a question 
to the audience in the first episode. But then they have like sort of sidelined that and just introduced us to a whole bunch of other people and opened up a lot of questions. But they haven't, the problem that I feel with the show is they've introduced a lot of questions, but they haven't given us a lot of like stakes. Like, why do I care about these question marks at this point? Mm. So it's good. I'll keep watching it. It's fine. And maybe it'll like really pick that up. But I feel like it's very slow in giving like a viewer who doesn't really love fantasy and wouldn't just keep watching it because you like fantasy like I will. Mm -hmm. I don't know that they've done an excellent job of like presenting to you this like high stakes, compelling mystery question mark that needs to be addressed. Got it. Okay. So... But I definitely, I would recommend it. It's still fun to watch. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm definitely going to watch both. I haven't started either because I've just been a lump. Maybe it's one of those things where, like, by the fourth episode or so, it'll be like, okay, like, cool, now I get it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) We've just been... Those are the two things I've been watching. (laughs) We've been watching the old Harry Potter movies because... uh, Oh, my gosh. Davey's very excited for the upcoming Harry Potter game for the PS5. Mm-hmm. It's li- literally the reason he wanted a PS5 was for that game. He's been <laughs> looking forward to it for like, it's, I think it's been in the works and postponed for like eight years <laughs> or something ridiculous. So oh, yeah. he's been like super excited for that. So he's like, we should watch all the old Harry Potters, hmm. um, which is cute. We just watched the first four, I think, so far. So I think maybe that's what I was thinking of. I don't know. Oh, gotcha. But other than that... Um, I'm just, I'm so excited for this week's episode. Well, great. Shall we get into it? We should get into it. And I just have to say from the jump. Yes. Both of these chapters have new icons. Which I'm sure must have excited you. You know. You already know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, my chapter is first, and it's chapter 12, and it is titled An Old Pipe. And uh, its sigil is a bull, which, as you know, is a new icon. Mm-hmm. And it is the sigil of Gareth Bryn. Wow. Surprise. Very. Well, maybe not surprised, because we got a little POV from him earlier on in the book. I was still surprised. So he is in the capital, in Lugard, the capital city of Murindy, and he is hot on the trail of Swan and Leanne and Min. Uh, Although those aren't the names that he currently knows them by. Mm -hmm. But he learns that Swan and the others were just in Lugard the day before and that they left town heading west and apparently had been, you know, she had gone to a couple of inns looking for a job singing. And he's like, this is weird. Like, I, it just doesn't make sense to him given like the, the temperament of this woman that he had interacted with that she would be you know looking for a job singing and he thinks there must be something else going on Mm -hmm. Bryn is with his you know contingent of men who have followed him and one of them is Joni who is the man that Loghain had knocked out with uh, a rock to rescue Swan and the others from uh, being uh, captive or whatever captive or you know in servitude to Gareth Bryn Mm -hmm. And Joni, despite, you know, having been knocked unconscious with a giant lump on his head, seems to think that these women are in trouble. And they also kind of wonder if, like, maybe they're trying to escape who is Loghain. They, I think they know him as, like, Dallin yeah, or something yeah. like that. 
Um, but regardless, jo- Joni seems to think that they're in trouble in some way and that they should try to help them. And Bryn doesn't really, he kind of thinks to himself, like, he doesn't really know why he's putting in so much effort to chase after these women. And he's like, this is bad decision. Like, you know, why am I chasing them down? I'm going into Murindy, which... Andor, which he was the captain general or, you know, captain of the Queen's Guard of Andor. And Andor and Murindy don't really have the best relationship. So he's like, this is a bad idea bringing like a, you know, contingent of armed soldiers from Andor through Murindy. Like not not a great Not a great decision. look, no. <laughs> not a great look. But the men who he's talking with are telling him what they've learned in, you know, their conversations with folk in, in Lugard. And apparently they're talking about Lord Gabriel's influence over Morgays and Andor and how most of the men who had served under Gareth Brynn in the Queen's Guard are being sent off. And uh, they also tell him that it seems like White Cloaks are asking after Swan, although, again, by a different name. Mm-hmm. But Brynn is like, I don't know why they would be asking after her. She doesn't strike me as a dark friend. Uh, but he does remember, like, why once a young man who had been executed in Andor, who had been, you know, just a young man who had apparently been, uh, you know, taking young children and teaching them about the, uh, trying to convince them to be dark friends and teaching them about the great Lord of the Dark. And any of the children who didn't uh, kind of, like, want to be part of that, he was killing them. And so he's like, you know... She could be a dark friend, I suppose. Like there, I've there have been less uh, likely suspects in the past who have ended up being dark friends. Right, but he he still feels like that's not really it. So they head out of Lugard to the camp that they've made outside of town, and Bryn again is kind of like, "Why am I? You know, I should really just take these men back home, uh, and you know, let them be back in their lands." But instead, he announces that they're all heading west after these women. And he tells them that he's meaning to catch them in Altera, but, you know, tells the men that there's no guarantee of how far they'll have to travel or how dangerous it could be. Uh, they might have to travel all the way to the ocean, Aerith Ocean before they can find them. And one of the men laughs and says that, uh, you know, we don't really have any need to fear, you know, for our safety with, under, with you as our leader. And starts to tell a story about how Gareth Brynn had once, like, faced off against the Amerlin seat, and but another man, like, kicks him and is like, <laughs> but, uh, you know, because the, the story references Morghese and the men try not to tell stories that remind Brynn of his time with Morghese. But Brynn ends up actually continuing the story for the man and says, like, you know, you might remember I probably didn't come off as positively as you might recall that story being and tells them about how apparently there had been some issues over borders between Andor and Murindy. And he had kind of resolved them through a little bit of like military force and had men at enforcing the borders between Andor and Murindy. But the Amerlin apparently had taken an interest in this and pressured Morghese into overriding Bryn's 
her decision and Bryn's uh, execution of her directions and had forced him to remove all of his troops from the border. And he says, I asked her discuss- to discuss it with me in private and Swan Sancha jumped all over me. In front of half the court, she chewed me up one side and down the other like a raw recruit. Said if I couldn't do as I was told, she'd use me for fish bait. And he says he had, or he thinks to himself how he had had to beg her for pardon before it was done in front of everyone for trying to do as he had been sworn to do, but there was no need to add that. And so we learned that Bryn had never really found out why, like what this was all about, why uh, the Amerlin had been so interested in this, why she had forced Morgays to change direction and why uh, she had jumped down Bryn's throat about all of it. Uh, But they ride out of camp, heading after these women, and Bryn thinks that he'll chase these women to the Pit of Doom if it means finding them, and tells himself that it's really just to get an answer as to why this woman would have broken an oath. Uh, But as readers, we're given indications to believe that it may be more than just that. Mm. And that is the end of the chapter. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. I always feel like there's a little... Not always. I guess it's the only the second time we've had his perspective, but... Yes. I noticed a sad... Like a sadness in his chapters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he... His life has not turned out, I think, the way he expected it to. You know, yeah. he was in love with more gays, and they were kind of it was happy mutual. together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I think he feels like a lot of what his life had been or could have been has been taken away from him. I feel bad for him. It it kind of, in a weird way, makes me feel, or reminds me of Leanne a little bit and how she's dealing with life now. Yeah, you like know, finding like, a finding a purpose to keep going. Yeah, like because he's found his purpose, like he went back home, essentially, and yeah. took back over whatever he was doing or was meant to, you know, prophesize to do because the family name and all that, but... It's just not the same. It's not enough. And he is often reminded of these moments and even his own perspectives. He has these quiet moments of like, well, that's not my life anymore. I have to forget about that. Right, right, right. All right. Well, we're changing gears. Okay. Chapter 13, a small room in Sienda. Yes. And the icon is an elephant. Yes. um, Which I had to look up to see what it meant. And I, it wasn't mentioned in this chapter, but evidently elephants have a different name in the Wheel of Time universe. Yes. Uh, I don't know what it is, but I didn't write it down. Well, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. Okay. And the icon evidently means something about a circus. So mm-hmm. well, let's get into it. Elaine, it's an Elaine chapter. She yes. is on a carriage with Nynaeve, who is looking very sour at the moment. <laughs> uh, they're going through Amadicia. I love that word. Amadicia? Yeah. It's a good one, yeah. It just, like, rolls. It's very euphonic. Yes. So uh, here the land is as not as beautiful as the word is, according to Elaine, at least. Uh, it's very barren, and the the towns they go through, the buildings that are usually made of, like, stone or made of wood, and they're a little worn down. And Nynaeve says to Elaine, who notices, like, the look on her face as she looks out the window, is my lady bored? <laughs> and she's like, I'll, I'll take care of that. And she commands Tom up front to speed it up. What's going on? What are you guys doing up there? You and Julian are just hanging out. Get going. 
<laughs> and they're like very annoyed. Uh, they're like, if this was the limousine, it's the equivalent of like putting the window up between the front and the back. <laughs> and they're like, anyway, so they speed up, and uh, it's it's kind of a rough road, but Nynaeve has to go with it because she just asked for it for now. And she continues being petty with Elaine. <laughs> she says, "Quote." Is my lady comfortable? I know ladies are used to comfort, the sort of thing a poor maid would know nothing about. But surely my lady wants to make sure, or surely my lady wants to make the next town before dark. So my lady's maid can serve my lady's supper and turn down my lady's bed. (laughs) So this whole charade is because evidently, as they traveled, they're trying to be, you know, in, in disguise, discreet. And they noticed that ladies usually travel with at least one maid. And they looked at the two of them. And Elaine is <laughs> very acquainted with ladylike behavior. Yes. And Nynaeve is basically, by default, the ass section of this two-person horse. <laughs> My, She's the, the maid. Whole, <laughs> the whole vibe of this conversation is very um, Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids. Oh, you do. Helen oh. <laughs> knows the owner. Yeah. <laughs> So the whole situation kind of escalated when they got to a town called Bellin recently, and Elaine, who is going by Lady Morlin, was being escorted around the inn that they were staying at by kind of like a very haughty uh, mistress, and Nynaeve, who's going by Nana, <laughs> Nana, like the dog in Peter Pan... um is going by like the role of lady morland's maid and beyond the normal like having to be like yes lady yes my lady stuff this particular mistress is like oh you're way too easy on your maid she should be doing way more for you Mm -hmm. and she has her like jumping through hoops like working like a dog um which Nynaeve is doing because she's smart but she is hating every minute of it and whenever they're alone, she's like, I can't believe you're making me do this. So Elaine is thinking back to that time and how she apologized and how she's apologized since then. And she's like, I'm sick of this. But Nynaeve is like a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills character. And she needs to be apologized <laughs> to for things that aren't her fault a million times. Yeah. <laughs> so Elaine says, you know, I already apologized. Listen, let's let's talk. And she tries to open up to Nynaeve a little bit and be, like, vulnerable. And she says, I've been thinking. I know we, we want to go to Tarbalon, but... And Nynaeve interrupts her and is like, oh, you've been thinking, my lady? That must have hurt your head. <laughs> and she orders her quiet. She's like, quiet, Nana. And Nynaeve's mouth drops open. And she says, if you pull that braid at me, you can ride on the roof with the baggage. <laughs> and Nynaeve is not used to being spoken to like this. And uh, Elaine is sort of taking on the tone of her mother unknowingly. Mm -hmm. She says, stop punishing me. You know, it's not my fault. And I've made every possible accommodation for you along the way to make it as comfortable as possible. I am not a child. And if you really want to, we could switch places at the next inn. And then Eve says, well, the dresses wouldn't fit anyway. So we can't do that. And then she's like, hold on. And she orders Tom, can you slow down? Like, what are you trying to do? Kill us? <laughs> and they are very over her in the front seat. But they do. Uh, slow down. I hate backseat drivers. 
There is nothing. Oh, you do? Me. It drives me mm. wild. <laughs> like it. Oh, I hate that so much. So I really feel so bad for them. <laughs> anyway, Elaine is worried about what they'll encounter once they reach the tower. And Nynaeve says, well, you probably are right to be worried. And it's probably best we're cautious. And we just act as though the Black Aja is in control of the White Tower. If they only knew. It's mm-hmm. pretty much that. Um, it's like one step away from that. So... Well, actually, I don't know. Do, is Elida a, a black Aja, or do we not know? Or is she just a we bad guy? We don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's definitely just a, a bad guy, in my opinion. But As we, up to now, all we know is that she's a bad person. Hmm. I kind or of... at least a, uh, you know, uh, and, power mad... An anti-hero uh, at the very best. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I'm glad they're on, on the guard, because that is my biggest fear, is they're going to get there completely disarmed... And be obliterated. So before anything else happens, the carriage comes to a screeching halt, and they're tossed on top of each other. By the way, I forgot to mention this. Elaine has black hair now, which is very startling to her every time she sees it. Uh, Elaine embraces Sidar, and she looks outside, but she's relieved to see that they're not in danger because what she is witnessing is something very familiar to her from her days back in Camelin. A traveling menagerie is nearby. There's cages of all these unique animals, including a black-maned lion. Uh, There's black bears with white faces, and they're, like, doing tricks on top of balls, like seals and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a cage that holds a large, hairy, pointy-nosed boar, which we've seen before um, from the waist. They're called Kapar or Kapar. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of other brightly colored birds and animals, and there's performers, jugglers, acrobats. It's a it's a circus. Yeah. So the group is, you know, looking out the window at this site, and what's really catching all of their eyes, including Elaine's, are the three huge elephants, um, which, again, they don't have a name for. She's only ever seen these animals once before, which I think was with the Shan Chan. And as they're, like... Looking at the spectacle, a man in a red coat approaches them with sort of like a flourish. It's very Moulin Rouge. <laughs> and he says that he is Valen Luca, mm-hmm. showman extraordinaire. And he says that their presence overwhelms him, and he bows, and it's very over the top. Yeah. Uh, he has his people behind him, like, calming his animals, including some boar horses, he calls them. And mm-hmm. Elaine is like, boar horses? And he <laughs> says... Giant boar horses, my lady, from fabled Shara, where I myself led an expedition into a wilderness full of strange civilizations and stranger sights to trap them. It would fascinate me to tell you of them. Gigantic people twice the size of Ogier, beings with no heads, birds big enough to carry off a full-grown bull, snakes that can swallow a man, cities made of solid gold. Descend, my lady, and let me tell you. And Elaine is like, that's a lot of emotion for safe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Elaine is like, "Uh, I doubt it. Um, uh, But nice story. Um, She believes that elephants are, you know, from where the Shawshan are from, because that's where she's seen them before. And this part I wasn't totally sure of, but it seems like Shara is an area that's been, like, very underexplored. So it would be unlikely for there to be 
these large animals over there. Yeah, so Shara is the land beyond the Aiel Waste, mm-hmm. and even the like Aiel know very, very little about Shara. They're like very closed off, and people are like sold into slavery in Shara. Gotcha. Okay, so this is a very unlikely tale, on top of yes. how unlikely it is on, on its own, based on the location. <laughs> right. Um. So he pushes them a little bit further to try to let them perform for them. They have a very unique show. And he's like, no. And she's like, no, I'm sorry. And he asks again. And Nynaeve is like, okay. She said, no. <laughs> we don't have time. Goodbye. And he says, okay, well, you have one chance because we're going to be heading to um, Gildon next. And Elaine is like, well, you know, why are you heading there? I heard there's, like, trouble there. There's some sort of profit. And, you know, that's not where I would expect you to be putting on a performance. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, that's greatly exaggerated and... He looks at her again with these big puppy dog eyes and says, all right, I'll be honest, we're kind of broke. Uh, the last place we went, we kind of caused some damage, and now I'm in debt. So really, really would help me out if you let us perform so we can make some sort of profit. And he, she's like, okay, well, I feel bad, um, but we definitely don't have time. But she calls out to Elaine and says, Nana, <laughs> Nana, girl. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Give them some money. Let's let's make them happy. So Nynaeve, like, begrudgingly hands them a silver penny and says, see ya, and yeah. tells Tom to mush, and they hurry away, uh, and Elaine is embarrassed by the spectacle uh, Nynaeve just caused, because I'm gathering in this world a silver penny is not very much. <laughs> so... They, el- they enter the next town called Sienda, which is where the traveling circus just went through, and they see the damage that the boar horse made in front of the inn that was probably the one they would have favored, so they're bummed. Mm-hmm. There's an influx of white cloaks in the city, which makes them uncomfortable, because they do feel like they're in good disguise, but they definitely wouldn't feel comfortable around a room full of white cloaks, like really blending in. Right. They find out that the White Cloak's presence is also mirrored by the presence of a lot of kingsmen, and they find out that the two groups do not get along with one another. And most of the White Cloaks have the shepherd's crook on their outfits, so they're questioners, the worst kind. They make their way to the most available inn, or the only available inn, because the other one is ruined, and it's called Mm -hmm. The Light of Truth which is full of white cloaks, so they're like, yikes, red flag, white flag. They uh, they don't really have much of a choice, though. So they they go in, they bite the bullet, and they tell the innkeeper that they need a room. Um, She says, or Elaine says she's on her way from Amador. She is on her way to get her estates back in order, and she requires a room with two beds because her maid needs her own bed because she snores, (laughs) which Nynaeve loves. Uh, they they get a room, no problem. The mistress sees them up there, but says that the men have to stay in the stable. She, uh, on her way up to the room, she's, like, name-dropping all the famous folks who've stayed at the inn, but a lot of them are in white cloaks and stuff, so they're, like, no one we like. And uh, she comments that, you know, I hope they never find that horn, because if they do, the last battle will never have to happen. And they're like, okay, thanks for the room. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested in your in your politics or religion. <laughs> right. They send her on her way, and uh, Tom and Juelin are tasked with bringing up their very heavy luggage to this very small room. 
It's kind of cramped, so they're not too jealous about it. They're like, all right, well, we're going to go hit the streets and get the lowdown, get the gossip, get the hot goss. And Elaine says, okay, great idea. Good luck and be careful and kind of looks at Tom sort of flirtatiously. And Nynaeve is like, all right, out, 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 out. Um, do not come in till the morning. Do not disturb. And struts the door behind them. And Elena's like, girl, you need to calm down. I'm allowed to talk to Tom. Like, it's not that serious. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't care, but we have no time to waste. And I'm not going to be, like, having them barge in in the middle of the night. So let's get down to business. It's time to do the whole dream world thing. So give me the ring. <laughs> she lays down. Elaine reaches into this little secret pouch she has inside of her dress and retrieves the dream ring and hands it over to Nynaeve, who is all ready to go. And before she goes, Elaine says, make sure you tell Egwene to tell Rand that I love him and only him. And Nynaeve kind of like rolls her eyes and is like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Do you think I have any time when I get there before Egwene arrives? Or is, you know, should I be expecting her right away? She can't get the time difference down, she says. (laughs) The time zone. So Elaine says, yeah, you should have a little bit of time. And she's like, okay. Then he falls asleep as Elaine watches her sitting on top of the chest at the door. And she wonders to herself, just after she's thinking about Rand, she wonders if Tom is in the common room or not. So she's conflicted, and the chapter comes to an end. Mm. Whoa. Whoa. Interesting. What was your favorite part of these two chapters? I mean, you know me. I love new people, new characters, new locales. So mm-hmm. I was very excited to have two new perspectives, two new chapter icons. Um, it's hard, but I guess I'm so intrigued by this circus thing. Yeah. yeah. That it was just exciting to me to hear the description. I liked his attitude, the way he talks. He feels to me... Um, so my favorite part is the introduction of Valen. I'm imagining he's going to be important or their circuses okay. since we have like a um, icon for it. But um, what I think about when we met him was similarly to like when we met Elias or when we met uh, Baldemon, Aegean, mm-hmm. all these sort of like characters that are so different than everyone else around them. Yes. And they're they really like expand upon the possibilities of the world of Wheel of Time. Like, oh yeah, we met the Sea Folk, and then we met all these different types of people that show, you may think you know (laughs) the world of the Wheel of Time, but you have no idea. So I'm excited to see this new sort of uh, crowd. Um, Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite part? I think definitely the snarky... exchanges between Nynaeve and Elaine. I just love that. I love, like, I fully get Nynaeve's, like, pettiness and her, just the fact that she's so, like, worked up over it that she's, like, yelling at Tom to go faster, but then is, like, screaming at him for, like, trying to break their necks by going so fast, like, 30 seconds later. Mm -hmm. I just love that. It's so funny to me because... I love when characters who, like, I mean, it makes them real, right? Like, they're not just, like, always perfect and thoughtful and thinking about things. Like, they're humans who are also bickering over stupid little things and getting tired of being in each other's company sometimes and all of that kind of stuff. So I I really like that. Yeah, and 
moment. You know, you saying that just now made me think it makes a lot of sense because Elaine, not Elaine, Nynaeve is the type of character who really requires control. Uh, yes. she, she needs to feel like she's in control or like has some sort of power over the situation she's in. Yes. And this is a situation where she has no control because she has to be right. this character. So she's kind of like reaching for whatever she can yeah, by like saying, go faster, go slower. Like it really doesn't even matter. She just right. needs to feel kind of in charge to feel like this is okay. <laughs> yes. And like the the factor of Elaine would make a really unconvincing maid because she's so haughty and, and kind of uh, fancy <laughs> in the way that she speaks and conducts herself, like is so frustrating to Nynaeve, I'm sure, because she's used to being, you know, she's older, she's used to kind of having Alpha. her way because she was the wisdom mm -hmm. and all of that. And so it's just so irritating to her that it makes perfect sense that she would be so... Uh, snarky about it, even yeah. even as she's like recognizing the necessity of it. Yeah, you know? like <laughs> she doesn't even want to say it out loud. <laughs> right. Oh uh, wow, I'm excited. This I just feel like every chapter so far this book has had it. I I every time we finish a book, I'm like, what is the next book really going to be about? Like, I have mm -hmm. kind of an idea, but I'm not really sure exactly where we're gonna go. And this right. one, I really have no clue. I feel like it could be anything, and every chapter has just brought possibilities I wasn't even really thinking of, you know? Yes. Excited. Uh, yeah. It's, I like this book. We'll have some fun chapters coming up in the remainder. Would you say, I know the last book was basically your favorite of the series, right? At the, on yeah, first read I mean, at, at least? Yeah. It's at least, if you would only let me have one of them, it's the one that I would pick. But mm. it's, this is also a, one that I like a lot. I was going to say, does this like rank, do you think, top five for you? Or is it like kind of one of the others? Gosh, that's hard. Ooh, uh, I know, right? Top five, middle because... five, or bottom five? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Roughly. I don't know how many exactly we have. Yeah. I mean, there are 15... I know uh, there's, I think, 14 total. Mm. Um, gosh, maybe top five? Okay. Well, we'll see. Probably top five? Yeah. We'll Ponder, see. noodle on that for next week. I'll, I'll noodle <laughs> on it for next week. Well, if you like doing good things in the world, one of the best things you could do in this moment is to rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're using to listen to our episodes. If you don't like doing good things in this world... Sign off. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Another great thing you could do while you're at it is to recommend our podcast to a friend because really people find podcasts through other word of mouth recommendations. So do it. Yeah. Uh, we also love connecting with our listeners, so feel free to send us an email at coolstorypod at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at coolstorypod, and on Twitter at coolstorypod1, and we also have a Discord, so if you want to join our Discord and talk to the other folks who listen to our podcast, uh, send us a message and we'll give you the link. Mm-hmm. And we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash n and matt. You get cool bonus episodes where we do things like review books, movies, play games, and I have news for you. I don't know if you saw N, but on our uh, 
Share Drive, you will find a nice version of the movie, the film, Glitter from 2001. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, because we just, we were going to review Glitter, and then we ended up reviewing Troll 2 because oh. we couldn't find a quality version of Glitter, so Glitter is next, I guess. Oh my god. And let me tell you, Troll 2, buckle what up. What a ride. <laughs> what a ride. Um, and if you want, you can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash n and map. Thanks so much for listening to Cool Story. See you next week. Bye. Bye.